only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. With dog accompaniment. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. And my dog. Never work with children, animals, and the elderly. I couldn't believe the time. Literally, the moment you hit the record button. <laughs> Welcome to the Colton Collective podcast. Did you notice that you didn't bark when you introduced Dave, but when you no. when you started talking again? <laughs> Dave and me, right after you said, and me, she started again. We've definitely got a shoe in for the Razzies now. (laughs) Worst podcast ever. (laughs) And I'll be right back. And mute yourself, Ian. Uh, Hi, everyone. This is Dave AC. That was Ian, the Sixth Doctor. He's the professional on this podcast, so it's going to go downhill from now on. <laughs> Let me introduce the people in the room. A small but well-formed group. And this is our monthly episode, episode 307. So you've heard him already, so let me introduce him. It's none other than Rick Wall. Hi, Rick. Hello, hello. Good to have you here and a rather humorous start. Uh, not exactly a textbook uh, opening to a podcast. Uh, light relief, nonetheless. <laughs> Typical for here, but <laughs> uh, we've also got in the room. He's just been finishing uh, printing his holiday money. It's Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hi, Darth. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm fine, and uh, you know, if you've got any spare ones there, I'll uh, gladly take them off your hands. Um, All right. Go, and go in my uh, Oscar's goodie bag. Uh, I've got to get it up to $350,000. I think that's the going rate to have in your uh, Oscar presentation uh, bag. Although, uh, I don't think Ian said... He said he went to the shop and they didn't have any of those special toys that are supposed to go in the bag. I think he's kept them for himself, but there you go. Anyway, good to have you here. We've got one other person on audio who may also be having background noise issues, but we'll... Give it a go. Let's see if Mike can respond on audio. Give him a moment to unmute. Mike, can you speak? Dave. I didn't say what type of toys. <laughs> Good to have you here. We know that you may well be um, self-muted for most of the call, but um, you know, jump in with any any additional information that you want to make. But other than that, uh, glad to have you with us. 
And that, would you believe, everyone, is all we have on the audio. So um, let's see who is um, under the cone. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? And yes, Cyber puts in text a micro cone today. In fact, I think he's rather embarrassed to be part of today's show, but thank you for staying with us, Cybop. And, um, you know, I hope you can marshal some more troops in there, keep them in an orderly fashion, because something has to go right on this show. Hopefully, <laughs> it will go soon. Now, it's usually at this point that we have um, the Typing Monkey to announce news. But in actual fact, since we've just been going to this monthly format for the time being, um, uh, today shows really uh, quite a little bit about uh, uh, some of the news. Uh, we've got uh, things to talk about uh, that are happening later today. Uh, the aforementioned, well, I mentioned it before we started recording anyway, uh, the Oscars that start at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, 8.30 uh, Eastern time uh, with the red carpet or before that. And Rick Wall, oh, so magnanimously. Rick Wall could have been there, but he, no, no. He said, they need me on the Colton. He said, I'm going on to that Z, that Z-rated podcast instead of uh, glitzing and glamouring uh, with all the Hollywood parade. And uh, it saved him having to hire a tuxedo, at least. Or are you wearing one for us, Rick? Nah, just jeans and a sweatshirt. Oh, dear. I mean, well... Uh, anyway, their loss is our gain. That's what I like to say. So uh, what we will do is um, we will, before we start the news, we do have one sad news item to mention. Uh, let's um, go straight into how you can join this extremely well-oiled machine of a podcast. We've nearly been going seven years, so we're just about getting the hang of it. Let's hear from our friend Andy how you can join us. Uh, any other show. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a tip client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. We're looking forward to hearing you. And as ever, Tig's Panther, we'd like to thank him for doing that for us. Uh, I should just mention that uh, if you can't catch us live, there are lots of places you can find us. Uh, and the first one I want to mention uh, before we go on to these news items is tuned in because um, uh, our show wasn't updating on tuned in. But if you're one of the listeners and we have nearly 250 followers on uh, tuned in itself, uh, which quite a lot of people on Android seem to use that as one of their uh, uh, directories for catching podcasts. Uh, thank you very much to the organizers of tuned in. Um, we also are on podcast chart, airing pods. Uh, Pod Authority, uh, 
um, Overcast, uh, Pocket Cast, uh, Player FM, Podcastpedia, uh, iPodder, and uh, uh, Audio Kiosk, Poddigger, uh, all sorts of places. And of course, we have our blog at cookbook.com. And if you want, you can come to TalkShoe, the site, TalkShoe, find call ID 54821. And you can even click on the link to the RSS feed and follow the RSS feed. There are 560 episodes to enjoy. If you're on uh, iTunes, uh, you will only see the first 300 because unless you subscribe, you don't see the other 260. It's shortly to be 261 other alternate episodes. And we thank those people that have already gone ahead and subscribed. Now, Ian will... Uh, come back in on audio at some point uh, when he's um, done some domestic chores and uh, uh, hopefully the, there is quiet in his room. So we're going to go to uh, the start of uh, the news items. We're going to just mention a couple of uh, sad events and then what I'm going to be doing during the course of the show certainly let other people talk uh, it's not just going to be me wittering on. Uh, because it's the Oscars uh, tonight uh, we can't go to all the nominees, although people may want to mention particular ones that they're interested in. But what I am going to be doing is playing uh, slightly shortened trailers uh, of the eight best picture nominees. And just in case you're not familiar with what those are, the eight nominees are The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Relevant, Room, and Spotlight. And that is the order in which I will be playing uh, the trailers for them, which, of course, these studios want uh, to get out, and therefore I'm sure they'll be quite happy for us to play those trailers. But before we do that, let's just uh, uh, sadly mention, since we last met, first of all, we've just passed the anniversary uh, uh, of the death of Nicholas Courtney, uh, uh, Brigadier uh, Lethbridge-Stewart, uh, who was born in uh, 1929, but died on the 22nd of February 2011. So that's just over five years ago, aged 81. And we did in the past do a uh, tribute show to Nicholas Courtney. I haven't got the number to hand, but I'm sure if you look down our past episodes, uh, you'll find it. Um, and, uh, of course, the coincidence that I'm going to mention now is that the very first episode uh, he came in on Doctor Who was a second Doctor story called The Web of Fear. And sadly, the connection we have to bring up today is that John uh, Rollison, and that's John spent J-O-N, like um, John Pertwee, um, passed away on Tuesday the 23rd of February, um, and uh, he was the person who played the TV reporter in Web of Fear. Uh, let me just read a little bit from the DoctorWhoNews.net site. Um, he died at the age of 84. Best known for Doctor Who, playing uh, Harold Chorley, the television journalist who covered the attacks on the London Underground in the 1968 story Web of Fear. Um, and, of course, the, the recent discovery of... Uh, a little bit more of that. Unfortunately, not the episode 
which uh, Nicholas Courtney was in, although I'm sure some of our people who follow all the ins and outs of Doctor Who and missing episodes will know that we believe that might well have been an episode that was found and then disappeared again. Uh, but um, sad. But uh, he got his first role in TV in 1955, uh, appearing in The Children of the New Forest. Uh, he was in The Avengers, Zed Cars, Softly, Softly, uh, and he was even in Coronation Street in 1966, playing a character called Dave Robbins. Dave! Um, yeah, Dave! He also wrote a couple of episodes of Crossroads, which is another soap in the UK, and he recreated a uh, two-part series, The Special Project of the BBC. Uh, unfortunately, he did, as I say, die sadly in hospital. Uh, actually, it was on the t February the 20th. It was the report that was dated the 23rd, so he, he sadly died on the 20th, um, um, survived by his second wife, Janet, and three children. So very sad, and the, the link in there to... Uh, Nicholas Courtney. Oh, so let's brighten things up. Uh, I just must say, by the way, okay, I'll, we do I'll, have... I'll, come, I'll come back then. Ah! Eh, you see? The, it just got dark again. <laughs> the news of your passing was greatly exaggerated. Uh -huh. I went to the dogs. Ah! I, I couldn't believe in the time of that, Ian. I mean, in fact, for comic timing, it couldn't have been better. I know. It's like we're, I planned it. Yeah, yeah, let's let's tell them that. If we could only edit this show, well, we could really, but you couldn't be bothered, could you? There we go. We'll leave it as it is. No. It was happenstance. It was uh, serendipitous. It was brilliant. <laughs> okay, uh, I did want to just make an apology that Ken, fortunately, can't make it with him. We wish him well. He's been a little bit under the weather again. Uh, he may pop in for a short while, but... Um, uh, we will be going on. And uh, before I let Ian talk for a little bit, because my voice has already uh, talked uh, for a little while, yep, let me play the first of our trailers. And this is um, a shortened version of the trailer for The Big Short. Michael, how are you? I found something really interesting. The whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans. They will fail. The housing market is rock solid. It's a time bomb. So Mike Burry, who gets his hair cut at Supercuts and doesn't wear shoes, knows more than Alan Greenspan. Dr. Mike Burry, yes he does. <laughs> you know what? I'm pissed off. American people are getting screwed by the big bank. And I am getting madder and madder. It's unbelievable. Then this guy walks into my office and says, There's some shady stuff going down. All the banks, we're having a big old party. A few outsiders saw what no one else could. The whole world economy might collapse. I'm sure the world's banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. No one's paying attention. The banks got greedy. We can profit off of their stupidity. You want to bet against the banks? I think we're either high or having a stroke. Kind of brilliant. Huh. Bit of a connection there with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio with his Wolf of Wall Street from last year. Of course, he's up, I think, for his um, third or fourth time being nominated as Best Actor 
in the Oscars, never won. Uh, and from what we say in the UK, he's tipped as the hot favourite to be the main actor. Of course, um, there's um, a lot of people wanted to see what Chris Rock, as the host of the Oscars, does tonight, because there's been a lot in the news about um, the ethnicity of those people being nominated as being all uh, mainly, well, all white actors. Even so, uh, you've got actors in Creed, at least, um, and you've got actors in Star Wars. Star Wars is completely overlooked as the best picture, so I'm sure Darth may have something to say about that later. But let me just see if Ian wants to just sort of come in with an initial thought uh, on some news items before we uh, move forward a little bit. Um. Well, if we haven't started pulling the awards thing, I just wanted to, to, to mention uh, it is the season. It is the season after Christmas, which means all of our shows are coming back. I think uh, this week uh, sees the return of Gotham, uh, which is uh, everybody's been waiting on tender hooks for the return of that. Uh, we've seen the return of Arrow, uh, The Flash, my wife and uh, and I have just got into a new show called uh, uh, Lucifer, which is actually really really good. Actually, uh, it's a police procedural, but uh, uh, with a twist, uh, and involves you know the man himself, Lucifer. Uh, so it's 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 worth worth a look. Uh, I believe, because I'm not totally up on my comic books, that it's actually based on a on a comic book or graphic novel. Um, it's basically Lucifer decides to take a vacation on Earth uh, in Los Angeles. And gets involved with uh, uh, the Los Angeles Police Police Department. Um, so lots going on as far as TV goes. Uh, plenty to watch. Uh, as I said, Flash and Arrow are back and off to a good start. Uh, Daredevil's coming back, isn't it? Yeah, oh. Daredevil's coming back. Uh, Legends Tomorrow has, has has arrived on the scene uh, as of uh, this year, and it's it's off to a slow start. If you ask me, I mean, I know a lot of people who are really, really big in the show, um, and uh, it, it involves uh, um, lost my train of thought now. It involves uh, hunting down uh, across time um, on Earth, um, Vandal Savage, uh, by a group of uh, heroes and uh, ex-villains, basically. Uh, most of which you'll be aware of from from either Flash or Arrow, and uh, and of course you know comic books in general. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, to me it's off to a slow start. Uh, but it's it, it's cooking up. Uh, last episode that they had, uh, which was on last week, was actually really really good. Uh, I have not yet watched this week's episode, so uh, yeah, if if you're looking for something new to watch in in comic book. Uh, uh, TV shows, then then that's that's one for you to look at. And uh, like I said, Lucifer is another. Uh, there's another show that my wife watches, and I've totally well, while, the name. while you think about that, the the link I just put in the room, the uh, Den of Geek one with the upcoming comic book shows and and what to expect. Let me just list a few here that might twig your memory. Uh, confirmed returning shows, of course, Daredevil season two, uh, Jessica Jones uh, season two. Powers season two um, projects in development are um, Riverdale, Essex County, Hawaiian, something like that is. Um, 
I'm looking for Hellfire, Legion, The Last Why, The Last Man, Marvel's Most Wanted, um, Protocol Orphans, Harrow County, um, and uh, at the top of that page is also uh, some other uh, ones listed. Um, uh, Preacher, Krypton, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Marvel Defenders, Empire of the Dead, um, Infinite Horizon, Outcast, Enormous. In fact, uh, uh, Dreadstar is it. Um, and uh, I mean, there's literally uh, I'll cut Brother Thor a little bit with some of the things that we've been watching. I think this person of interest is back for another season. Um, let's see if Rick Wall has any to add to that list. I'll comment on any of the ones you've already mentioned. Um, not off the top of my head now. Okay. Uh, Darth, uh, name the one I'm thinking of, but uh, it involves a uh, young woman who's found, uh, I think, in like Times Square, and she's covered in tattoos with all sorts of different stuff on them, like secret information and all sorts of stuff. Oh, uh, sounds like a twist on the Illustrated Man. Blindside, I believe it's called. Oh, Blindside. Ah, yeah. See, you did know. Absolutely loves. Yeah, my wife absolutely loves that show, so uh, it's another one that's uh, worth worth checking out. Because my wife likes it, then it must be good. She's more discerning than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I watch anything. <laughs> you just like them in a nice costume, don't you? <laughs> well, the one we didn't mention is Better Call Saul is back. Oh, indeed. Um, yeah, seen the first two episodes of that. Carrot and stick, Ken. Carrot and stick. That's just a little in-joke for Ken if he's listening later. <laughs> So yes, if, if if you want to catch up on Better Call Saul um, before you start diving into uh, Season 2, uh, don't forget that the Cotton Collective has also done um, commentaries for each episode of uh, Season 1 of Better Call Saul. We hope to be getting to uh, Season 2 soon, but unfortunately with uh, the absence of Mr. Randall Thor uh, from um, uh, a good sound situation, uh, <laughs> as we like to put it, uh, we haven't been able to get to them yet. But don't worry, never fear, we will in time. We will in time. What we do? Uh, we will indeed, yeah. And if you go to com, you'll find that if you go down the links, probably to the second page, uh, you'll see how I've quite handily put all the episodes into one uh, link, which I will try and put into the uh, chat client at the moment. Remember, if you use Chat Grabber, you can all always recover all the links that have gone into the show. Um, and it's one of the things that I think I recently re retweeted, retweeted on the uh, uh, on our Cultum Twitter account. And in actual fact, I found the link now, so I'll put that in the room. It's um, Cultum dot com stroke two thousand five stroke zero five stroke thirty one Cultum commentaries better call Saul season one. Fortunately. Um, um, the place where we would normally direct you to our commentaries, Zarban.com. Uh, it has still got them there, and it's still got the links, but it's no longer adding new ones. And I think I've seen for the recording in, we've done about 180 commentaries in all now. 
Wow. It's amazing that people even listen to this. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's amazing and the people who listen to this show are they're just fantastic. We love them. <laughs> uh, actually uh, I was wrong. Gotham returns tomorrow. Now this is Rise of the Rise of the Villains or something, isn't it? Yeah. That's already started here in the UK. I think we've had a couple of episodes of that. I've got them on my... Uh, <laughs> I've got a, the hard drive on my recorder. It was up to 98% full. <laughs> wow. Uh, I had to, I had to uh, wipe out uh, a load of... Well, because on the Horror Channel, they're showing all Doctor Who, uh, classic Doctor Who, should I say. Uh, I've still got all season nine of uh, Doctor Who on it. Uh, and I've recorded, and, uh, and there's some other shows like um, um, Shetland's uh, a detective uh, show that I haven't got around to watching, and, and Vera's a new show that started, and then Happy Valley's just started, and uh, and I've been um, actually binging on uh, watching uh, UK Netflix. I've been watching Fringe, which I am really enjoying. In um, mm. not I was to say slogging, I'm not slogging. I'm um, till about 3 a.m. every morning, watching about every night, I'm watching about four episodes of The Fringe, uh, and up to about episode 14 of uh, series season three. Um, and uh, I'm waiting for, uh, as I say, Person of Interest to come back. Although I think it's, it's showing on on terrestrial TV at the moment, the latest one. So th- there's lots to see. Now we don't know whether. Garth is able to come on audio yet. As I say, he was, uh, we're not sure how he was shredding money or printing money, but um, it was affecting his audio in some way. Are you there on audio, Garth? Uh, yeah. We don't hear. Ah, brilliant. Um, yeah. any, anything you want to comment on so far on TV series? Because uh, I know you probably get a lot of yours from iTunes, so there may be other stuff on there that Ian didn't mention. Not really, because Ian and I have similar tastes. Although, you know, there's there's the back half of whatever the hell we're calling Star Wars Rebels these days. Uh, iTunes calls it Volume 3. I think everybody else in the world calls it, you know, just Part 2 of Season 2. Um, well, so that's, that's like ongoing. That before, you? Yeah. No, I've never been caught like this before. Uh, this, oh, is yeah. a, this is an innovation uh, yeah. following... I suppose the success of um, the uh, of episode seven. Um, so that's there. I, I mean, I, I still would highlight the the truly excellent Morgan Freeman produced um, Madam Secretary. That show is really, really good. And of course, if you're a fan of animated stuff, um, it has a, a role for Tim Daly, who for years and years and years was the voice of Superman. Uh, in the Tim universe of the DCU. Um, and he's just fantastic. And uh, the whole the whole thing is really very tense. They had some really good stuff that was going on this last couple of weeks. If you like political stuff, it's... I mean, okay, it's the only thing on TV, really, but it's also really good. It's not, it's not the West Wing, but it's not meant to be the West Wing. Um, it is... You know, government from the perspective of the Secretary of State, which is a totally different kind of deal. Um, worth watching. 
Uh, I don't know of anything else really that hasn't Super already Girl. been mentioned. Su- Supergirl, we mentioned Supergirl. Oh yeah, Supergirl. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Nobody mentioned Supergirl. I suppose Supergirl is, um, you know, it, it is different. In a way, it's true to the comic version of Supergirl in that you know there are a thousand different uh, versions of Supergirl, and this is just another one that has been you know that remixes elements that are common to various different interpretations of the character. And I think it comes across in, in a generally satisfying way as long as you are, you know, prepared to let go of what it is that you know about Supergirl and yet embrace everything you know about Supergirl and, and imagine how that can all get remixed into something new. Um, that's not really any different, of course, than what's going on with Arrow and Flash, but for some reason people took really negatively to it at first, and I don't really understand why the pilot, there's nothing terribly objectionable about the pilot, um, but I mean, it's got some nice surprises if you, you know, sit there and and allow yourself to get past whatever it is that you might have thought was wrong with the pilot, and I'm not admitting that there is anything wrong with the pilot, but a lot of people do, um, and um you know, as it progresses, I think it's got some really um, interesting messages that uh, are being allowed to form, and a lot of good surprises along the way too. So, I think it's worth watching. Um, and of course, March. Well, is that a spoiler? I don't know. It's not a spoiler to say. Well, is it? Is it a spoiler if something has already happened? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but well, Supergirl has what? already oh, right. Supergirl has already appeared in the Flash. Let's put it that way. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so you know, and quite a few weeks ago. So it's not like recent information. Also, interesting things that are if you watch very carefully, things that have already happened. The Legion of Superheroes has appeared in the Flash, which shocked me. Um, or at least their ring, their symbol. Um, and and some other things, uh, you know, I kind of agree with um, with Ian on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, it, it's to me, it's horrible that the thing is fronted by Roy, whatever the hell his name. What's his name? What's his real name? Rory. Rory. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we call him on this podcast, I guess. Uh, he's 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 a very flat lead, and not only that, but they've written him horribly. Uh, he's not Rip Hunter from the comic books at all, to my mind. Um, he's he's doing the most horrible accent. It's the weirdest thing. It's it's kind of a, a Dick Van Dyke in reverse kind of thing, where. He's doing an accent as an Englishman that is unconvincing as an Englishman. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and, and he is my least favorite character by far, and yet he's the central character. But they are, you know, some of the storylines are, are vaguely interesting. Uh, but it, there's no doubt that of the three, we'll call it four. Yeah, I guess we can't... Yeah, yeah. Of the four shows that are... Uh, executive produced, let's say, by Greg Berlanti um, from the DC Universe. It's my least favorite by a country mile. Um, I, I don't. It's it's there are too many people in it. I guess I don't know exactly what the problem. The other problem is it is a mission based 
storyline, right? So they're, they're, I mean, it's this has been around now for more than a year. So, I mean, it is fair to say, it is not really that much of a spoiler to say, they are going, they're looking for Vandal Savage, one of the sort of original villains of the DC Universe, stretching all the way back to the Golden Age. And that is, in concept, an interesting idea, just because it, it, it hews sort of toward the one of the oldest storylines in the DC Universe. Um, but... There's, it's just sort of flat. It's just sort of, um, you know, they're they're going from week to week looking for this dude, and you know, kind of. So what? They seem to be causing more trouble than they're actually. Uh... Well, that's the whole thing is that the rules are totally inconsistent. It's kind of like, you know, whatever this, whatever Rory says. And that's very confusing because there is actually a Rory on the show, but um, mm. whatever. What is his name? Whatever Rip Hunter. Yeah, but what does the actor say? Why is that? Why am I blanket on that? Um, anyway, yeah, I'm trying to whatever. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's, we should know him better than this, but I don't at the moment. No, but whatever, whatever he says about time seems to be okay. You know what what goes on, and yet he's established to be well. Uh, it's hard to explain what's wrong with him without you know, spoiling everything about the show. Right. Uh, but but he is, let's just say, if you think that Doctor Who is inconsistent about the use of time and fixed points in time, which they actually say at one point, by the way, um, this show will make your head snap off of its stem in terms of what's okay and what's not okay. I mean, within one episode, in fact, within the latest episode, your brain will hurt trying to understand what the truth about time travel actually is. And it's it's maddening. On the other hand, the thing that's really good about the show is the acting's really, really good, I think. Yeah. Uh, except for him. I don't, I don't like him, um, you know, Rip Hunter. What the hell is his name? I Arthur really Arthur. just... Arthur Arthur, yes. I, Arthur, I really, I really, and it's, yeah, and it's, it's not, it's nothing, it's not like I dislike Arthur Darville as an actor. That's not true at all. I think he's quite good, uh, and in many ways better than, you know, like Matt Smith. I, I think in some cases you, you can make a substantial claim, a, a demonstrable claim that he is a better actor than Matt Smith. But, how they got him in this? He just chose the wrong accent, and the guys running it are too dumb to know that that's a bad accent. Like too dumb about British stuff to know that that's a really bad accent. Um, he should have just gone with his normal accent, and that would have been fine for the nature. You know, it's uh, very frustrating. But anyway, um, I think that I mean they've got some really good stuff going on. You know, for an American show, it's surprising to have uh, a character who is you know over 60, kind of, and like mm-hmm. a, a kind of cool over 60. You know, he's very cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the, the the backstory that they give him makes him even cooler, kind of. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he's got, there's a great relationship between him, that is to say, and this is not, this is a, I guess, a spoiler from 
what, way early in this season of Flash, so right. 2015 Flash, you know, the the new Firestorm, and this is from comics, so it's not like revelationary or whatever. But, <laughs> right, but the relationship between Victor Garber, the that's the actor, isn't it? The um, the older part, the older, wiser part of Firestorm, and uh, Jax Jefferson, the the new, younger part of Firestorm that you actually see when Firestorm is created, is really quite wonderful. And the and, and the especially this week, I think there's some really nice stuff that's going on with them and coming in terms with their relationship, and that's nice and complicated. And then there's some complication that's coming to the relationship between the two villains that are in the show. Um, that is really dangerous, especially this week. But it's sort of been, you know, hinted around. Um, and you know, there's some nice stuff that is played with with the. Uh, um, white canary, I guess. Even though I find that I find the total, the whole route of that character completely stupid. I mean, and that's an arrow thing. I mean, this is this is a chick who, uh, it's just the whole thing is just messed up from from series one of Arrow to now. This character is just a basket case. I mean. It is the classic example of producers trying to do everything that they can to hold on to an actor that they didn't know that they were going to have to hold on to, but then she became popular, and so they had to kind of figure it out after they decided to kill her off, and the way they bring her back is just ridiculous. Anyway, uh, that whole route is just... And then, like, this week, she's not able to really... Think clearly, like she's just like some some weeks she's the most rational voice on the show, and some weeks she's just like, I don't really understand this weird time travel concept, and what's happening in front of me seems real, so I'll try to make it, you know, I'll try to protect it. It's just she's very very inconsistent. Um, I don't know. There's, there's lots of interesting, and then the hot girl character is maybe the most interesting of all because at least there appears to be to this point a narrative through line that makes sense and makes good use of uh, what is, frankly, very confusing source material in the comic books because the whole Hawk story has been so... It is probably one of the most um, screwed-up things in the whole of the DC Universe comic universe. Uh, they've never really understood what to do with the Hawk characters, but this is taking some of the better elements from those characters... Um, that are more or less similar to what we saw in the the last throws of Smallville, uh, and you know, recycling them into something new and something kind of interesting. So, I mean, there's good stuff that's going on separately, sort of. But when you throw it all together and you you look at the overall narrative of what is going on, it's like this is kind of dumb altogether. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's it's an unusual superhero team in that they are focused on a particular goal that, um, frankly, the more powerful members of the uh, established DC television universe should be handling. I mean, and, and they they make they make mention of this actually. They're like, "We're the third stringers. Why are we doing this?" It's like, "Well, because you're the third stringers." I mean, the, the answer is stupid. The answer is more. The answer is basically, you know. Because I needed to have your particular abilities, which is stupid. That's a cop out. That doesn't mean anything. Um, it's it's so weird. This show, it really is. 
Um, but it's it's one of those things like I I refuse to buy the whole season until it's super cheap. But something makes me, when I read the description every week, think maybe there's something interesting in there. And there kind of is. But every single time I'm like, this is the worst part of this whole thing. They don't have enough time. They haven't fully baked this idea. Something's wrong here. And they need to get away from chasing Vandal Savage. And, you know, hopefully it won't be forever, you know, because that would be like other shows that were stupid, like the original Battlestar Galactica, always chasing it, but never getting there. Um, and, and, and other shows, or, or, you know, I don't know, like like the, the, the fatigue that you felt at the sort of latter days of The Fugitive, you know, and you're like, just fucking... Yeah. Sorry, just just get this guy. Let him go free. You know, let him establish that he is innocent and let us go on with our lives. And that's uh sorry that you had to bleep that there, but the uh, <laughs> it is like that. I can I, we're not even we're only what four episodes in, five no, six episodes in, I guess something like that. And it's like I can already see and I can already see, man, we need to resolve this whole Vandal Savage thing. We need to establish that there is something good about the guy who is at the heart of this whole mission. Because at the present, he seems like the most selfish bastard in the world. Um, and, well, that's you know, we the need doctor. To, uh, well, but that's, you know, it, that's an interesting point uh, because that is, uh, there are comparisons now being made between this show and Doctor Who. But, you know, may, maybe that's a part of my resistance to it is because at least Doctor Who, while it might have some sort of narrative through line, basically is still anthological in nature. Um, it is both anthological and serial now. But the serial part of it, generally speaking, is, you know, confined to one series. Um, with a yeah, few little, I, yeah, yeah, with a few I, little, you know, references to Bad Wolf here and there, you know, or whatever. Um, and that's fine. And that's satisfying. But this just, uh, it it's just it doesn't it doesn't quite work as an overall thing, but it it could develop into something. Maybe by season two, maybe they'll figure it out, or maybe they'll get new characters coming in. I don't know. But you know what's interesting is that this week, and I'm not necessarily going to spoil anything here. I hope. But this week, what's interesting is, of course, that Green Arrow or Arrow um, expanded a bit, expanded the nature of it. Um, repertoire of recurring characters. Let's say. supposed to be going lighter. I read that. Arrow's it is light. I mean, he is lighter. lighter. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. The the character himself is is lightening up a bit. I wouldn't say this. I think that the nature of the threats is a little darker, uh, oh, sort of. But but at the same time, his response to it is a little lighter, or whatever. But it's weird because. Th- they, uh, I don't know how to, they they brought in additional people. This like the episode of Arrow felt kind of like what they're trying to do with um, Legends of Tomorrow, in that you know it was a multi-pronged, you know, multi-hero attack on a particular problem. But it just felt so much more satisfying. It felt it felt natural. It felt like, oh, okay, I get, yeah, this makes sense. 
you need this particular character to solve this particular problem because it's more in this character's wheelhouse than it is in Arrow's wheelhouse. So let's, you know, take advantage of his friendships, right? Uh, and so you have a, more or less a guest but nevertheless recurring star sort of coming in. Whereas you're stuck with these people. <laughs> you know, if you don't like, you know, Captain Cold, tough. You got him. And you got to give him screen time, you know. And there's something about that that is, uh, it feels very, and this is a reference maybe that only comic fans would get, it feels very Justice League Europe to me. Um, you know, like it's not quite the Justice League. It's like third stringers and you're kind of, you know, maybe there's something interesting there, some interpersonal relationships that you can hang your hat on kind of. But at the end of the day, it's, this is not, it's not even black canary. It's freaking white canary, you know? It's, it's um, you know, and it's the atom, but the atom divorced from everything, kind of, that was cool about him when he was introduced into this universe. You know, the atom and Green Arrow are a natural combination. The atom and white canary, the atom and Captain Cold, I, you know, I don't know that that, there's some interesting stuff, but it doesn't, I don't know. It's it's not it's not quite there for me uh, okay. for a number of different reasons. Let me just pause you there a moment, and you can probably open that kind of coat now eventually. Um, let me just uh, say uh, welcome, Ken, to the show. Hello there. Uh, Hello, I'm just going. I'm just going to play. Uh, we're playing uh, trailers of the eight nominated films for the best Oscar. So let me just play this one, which is uh, the second one, which is Bridge of Spies. And then uh, we'll we'll welcome you into the room more fully. You've been selected for a mission which you are not to discuss with anyone outside of this room. We are engaged in a war with the Soviet Union. This war does not for the moment involve men at arms. It involves information. We've got a Soviet spy. But there's a wrinkle. They got our spy pilot. Or the head full of classified information. The Russians want their man back before he cracks. We want you to negotiate the swap. I'm an insurance lawyer. I'm not sure I want to pick that up. Are you good at what you do? This will be a first for the both of us. You should be careful. I'm talking to you about the security of your country. Why aren't we hanging here? You're asking me to violate the Constitution. Do you know how people will look at us? The family of a man trying to free a traitor? Everyone deserves a defense. Every person matters. Where do they want this negotiation? East Berlin. Just tell me that you're not going to be in any danger. I don't even care if it's the truth. Give me something to hold on to. Okay, we're going through the eight. That's just the second one I played, Ken. Uh, we obviously don't know how long you're up to staying with us, but uh, I don't know whether you heard enough to actually make a comment. Uh, we're on the section of our show where Ian started off with uh, some of the new shows that are just coming back with new series. Okay. I don't know whether Ian wants to just recap a couple of the names of ones you mentioned just to give uh, Ken something to latch on to, Ian. 
Yeah, uh, let's see. Cult them. Cult them. Uh, cult ah. them. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. No. Um, let's see. Uh, Flash and Arrow are already back. Gotham returns tomorrow. Um, later on this month, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back. Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Better Call Saul is back. Uh, I think episode three uh, comes out tomorrow. Um, where else was I? Uh, Lucifer is a, is a new show, uh, which actually uh, is, is worth watching. Um, yeah, based on a DC Vertigo comic. There you go. It's actually very, very, very good. Uh, the lead in it is very good. Um, makes it interesting. Because it's a hard thing to pull off, you know, the, the Lord of Darkness and, and all that. But he, I think he does a really, really good job of it. And it, it's a, you know, under, if you rip off the cover, it's 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 a police procedural. Um, but the twist is nice, you know. Um, it's worth watching, so. And... Now I've forgotten the name of that other show. Well, like uh, uh, but uh, Rick Walls. Oh, the one that Rick mentioned it. Yeah. Um, oh, Walking God. Dead is back. Oh yes, Walking Dead is back as well. Yes, I forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, the first episode back was a bit of a, a uh, bit of a startling one. Yes, indeed. I'm not going to say too much in case nobody. Actually, you know, case both episodes know. have big startles. Yeah. I've only seen the first one. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. We forgot Agent Carter too, I guess. Yes. Agent yeah. Carter. Oh yes. I've, I've actually lost my way with Agent Carter, and I've really got to find a way back to to, to watching it. I'm hoping that uh, one of them will have the entire season I can watch. Because, uh, yeah, I really need to get back into into Agent Carter because it's a beautiful show to watch. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Sorry, the lead is is extremely. Yeah, we gathered, we gathered. Oh yeah, I thought you were a Sports Illustrated fan, now are you? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to higher things, more highbrow things with Ken in the room. So, um, Ken, what, what have you been well, excited I, to have back? I oh. enjoyed Better Call Saul very much first year. Thought it was wonderful what they're doing with it. But it occurred to me the deliciousness of it with the the second episode that where they're going with this and the use of Jonathan Banks as Mike, who for years I've loved as an actor, uh, he's, he's so great. And that just because you die in one series... Sorry, spoilers, kids. Oh. You know, it is a prequel here. And which makes me feel something. There was a line in this in which he's referencing another character who we saw last year, Tuco. Tuco Salamanca, who is one of the great, great crime family, which was all over the first Breaking Bad. And... Tuco has an uncle, Hector, and he has their cousins uh, that are in it. And I have a feeling. Where's my bell? I need to ring my bell. Hmm? 
The one in the wheelchair ringing his bell. One in the wheelchair ringing the bell, yes. As this show goes on, and the character Jimmy, who will eventually become Saul, is going to go into a whole universe of, of people who we, who we later see in Breaking Bad, are we going to see these characters pop up? Are we going to see uh, Hector uh, uh, in the show? I think, I, I think they've decided to delay. I think they've been very blown away by the the reception that it got. Uh, I think yeah. uh, everybody was first watching Saul thinking, Let, let's get these people who can't wait for them to come in. And and I will now put myself in the camp of the people who say, hang on a minute, this series is standing up on its own right. Yeah. I don't I don't want them to rush headlong into you know, clash of worlds between... Yeah, I don't want to rush, but I, wa- I want to see maybe that story right. from Saul's point of view. Maybe when it all comes... Maybe the last couple seasons of this... You know, I'm hoping this is going to last like five, six, seven years. If we're going to get to the end, maybe it's... Maybe Walter oh, yeah. White is going to be in it. Oh, I can see that. I, I think you're right. I think they were going to get two series out of it, and then and then the third series was going to be a bit of a mind meld with the other, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's going to eventually meld together. Yeah. But what I'm loving is, and I didn't know it until I, there's an after show in the U.S. Oh. called um, Talking Saul, right. which is like they're talking bad. Right. There's a little. Should I should I go about the riff in this episode that had me hopping up and down and just kind of screaming in the in the second episode? If you can be a bit circumspect. Well, it's hard not to be, but okay. Jimmy and his lady friend are going to pull off a scam just for the fun of it on this really rapacious, horrible human being. Wall Street uh, fellow yeah. uh, whose name is Ken. Ah, that's why. That's and why. what I didn't <laughs> reference, this is the same Ken who, in Breaking Bad, Walter White explodes his car. Ah. So we have I, that. Right. But what they do to him, they scam him on a very precious tequila. Now, this tequila has a very important fact of use oh, yeah, to bring yeah, down yeah, in yeah, Warlord, yeah, a yeah, prime of figures. Yeah, yeah, stop there, stop there, yeah. yeah. You know, in know Breaking Bad. Yeah. And I immediately started cracking up when they mentioned the name of it. Move away from the swimming pool. Move away from the swimming yeah. pool. Yeah, and we saw the bottle and everything. That alone, that is so brilliant that they put that together. And and then the the kind of wonderful reference line is it going to be, you know, the carrot or the stick? How are we going to do this? And he, they mentioned Tuco. And and like I said, if you mentioned Tuco and you had him before and he gets more involved and Mike Mike is is there's a synergy with him now to uh to Jimmy slash Saul. So it's just it's it's such a joy on its own and when it when it intersects with Breaking Bad, it, it's fantastic, but it's not necessary. But it 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 adds like so much depth 
it's like another book in the same universe, um, just as good, and we're going to enjoy seeing where they intercross. But it wasn't the comedy show we all thought it was going to be. It's yeah. so much more. It, it is so good. And I, I think it has potential to be maybe as, as good in the future. It's, it's another bit of genius from, uh, from Ben's. Right. So. Uh, I mean, Mike has dropped off, unfortunately. We knew he couldn't stay long, but at this point he would say, it's all good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Odenkirk, Odenkirk is, is amazing. And and it shows how, well, we thought he was just kind of the good comedy front, and his his depth of drama is is just as good, is just as good. And oh, I I hate his brother. He more than carries this show. Yeah, I hate what his brother has done to him. There's such a viciousness. He 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 almost loves doing what he's doing. Wants to destroy him. Yeah. Let let me uh, just. Uh... Throw in a, a third trailer because that's what they always do in the Oscars. They intersperse great speakers like yourself with the uh, uh, trailers. So um, the third trailer I've got is Brooklyn. Step over this way, please. Get out of the line. Next, passport, please. Welcome to the United States, ma'am. Dear Rose. I miss you and mother and think about you every day. The most important news is that I have a job and I'm in a boarding house. I was glad to see you finally got some letters from home today. <laughs> I wish that I could stop feeling that I want to be an Irish girl in Ireland. Homesickness is like most sicknesses. It will pass. Would you dance for me? I'm not Irish. So what were you doing at an Irish dance? I really like Irish girls. I met somebody, an Italian fella. We're going to Coney Island at the weekend. But do you have a baby costume? Why didn't you tell me to put my costume on underneath my clothes? I thought you'd know. I want to ask you something, and you're going to say, oh, it's too soon. Will you come for dinner and meet my family? I'd love to. Do I get Italian food? I'm going to say splash anytime I see problems. Good idea. Splash! You just splashed his mother, his father, and the wolves. Go again. Ready? I should say that. We don't like Irish people. Hey, hey. What? We don't. That is a well-known fact. Um. Oh. <laughs> Ever son. I'm not. I bury her. You want to go home, I guess. How would it be for you if I did go home? I'd be afraid. Afraid that I wouldn't come back. Yeah, sorry, it's slightly longer clip. That was one of the more wordier uh, trailers. So, nice music. Uh, yeah, um, what we're doing, we're, we're not going, well, we may talk about the Oscars uh, to, towards the end, but we're just, as I say, concentrating on the uh, the, the, the top uh, eight uh, films uh, in that category. Um, there was something else I was going to say that Darth was talking about when he was talking about the, the older actor in Firestorm. Um, is that the same actor Ian that um, that played um, in Mission Impossible? You know where the first Mission Impossible, where he put a disguise on and Dimitri played Dimitri or something. Um, I'm sure that's the same actor, but not something we can check now. Um, no, he was he was the father in Alias. 
Oh. Uh, I thought it was the right the the old the older the older one of the two men that meld into Firestorm. And he's yeah. a, he's a wonderful theater actor and singer. He's done a lot of bu- musicals. Um, he originated the the part of Jesus in Godspell. Ah. And he uh, played Don, John Wilkes Booth in Sondheim's um, Assassins. See, he's, right. he's, he's brilliant. He's done a lot of great things. Right. Yeah, he, he was in he was in Titanic. He was in Annie. Uh, he was in League great, of Blonde. Great, great Daddy Warbucks. He made it, he made it work yeah, so well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He's, he's also, like a lot of older actors, he's got a thriving sort of side business in um, voice acting. Too, because obviously he has. You can tell he's got a great voice, and he's he's done a lot of DC work in voice too. Which, you know, maybe where they, uh, I don't know, came to first realize he would be up for doing sort of superhero fare. Because as you know, as said, he, he's got sort of an illustrious career in theater, and you might not think that he would be up for doing, you know, popcorn stuff, but he is. So, but he's done. You know, he was in. He's in Argo. I mean, uh, yeah. really, a notice role in Argo. Um, I'm trying to think what else he's done. It's sort of highbrow. I guess you know, Sicario. That's kind of highbrow-ish. Yeah. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. He was in that. Right. Yep. The actor I can't pronounce his mm-hmm. name, but he's Raid Serbic. Gover or something that was in the Mission Impossible 2. He just looks oh. like the actor's mm. just, just like him. Yeah. He's 69 mm. as well. Um, yeah. He's been in lots of stuff. Taken, taken to Harry Potter, mm. Deathly Arrows. Anyway, that's... Uh, yeah, let me... Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk, going on that Den of Geek, uh, another series that uh, is coming... It's, it's coming to uh, uh, BBC One as well as FX in America, and that is Tom, mm. Har- Tom Hardy. Good God, he's in everything nowadays. Um, what with um, Mad Max and, uh, well, everything since Inception he seems to have been in, but um, uh, eight episodes of Tom Hardy starring in Ridley Scott's produced drama Taboo. Mm. Um, uh, former Bane, incumbent Mad Max, the recent relevant star, of course, he was in that as well, Suicide Squad, um, has another project reaching our screens in the near future, played the lead role of James Zedkia or something, Delaney in Taboo, a new eight-part TV series produced by Ridley Scott, set in 1816, introduced Hardy's James as a believed dead chap who returns to London after a life-changing journey to Africa. Uh, and there's actually a trailer on there. And I think I put the link in the room once, but I can put the link in the room again. I, I, that's, the, that's the way I swing in. So there you go. Um, any 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 more shows that you've been following? Because you were you were really coming in, Ken, on the back of what uh, you'd Mr. Vian had said and, and what Darth was going. Is there is there anything else that um, uh, Gotham? You do? Can't wait for that. Um, really loving Flash. That's that's been just such a pleasure. Um, 
really, really loving Supergirl. Um, um, Outlander's coming back. And looking very forward got, to we've, that. We've got the Doctor Who spin-off coming. I suppose we ought to mention that since we're Doctor Who related, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, class. I'm not quite sure when they've decided to, to bring that to our screens. I think, is it going to be uh, spring of this year? Um, really, really follow Walking Dead, which is which is just, I have to say, a guilty pleasure because it, on one hand, so hard to watch, and in a way reprehensible, <laughs> because it, it, it's so much of a sorrow, you know, losing people all the time on it. Right. But you love the characters so much, and and the writing goes from strength to strength. Even even when they changed, uh, you know, right. the uh, main producer and everything, it, it it's been amazing. And um, it, all right, there's another series I've just remembered, it, and this is Stan Lee's Lucky Man, um, James Nesbitt in. Mm. Um, I think that's uh, starts. Uh, uh, Clayton is a detective who finds a magic bracelet that brings him good luck. The bad news is that somebody very nasty wants it back. Uh, I put a link in there to that. There's a, a trailer you can watch, but um, I think that's a new series that's um, starts airing. Well, it's series one started on uh, 22nd of January um, here, but I think it was on a channel I don't get. I think it was on uh, Sky here in the UK. Um so I don't think we know anything about Game of Thrones. Do we know anything about Game of Thrones? Ken, only, right? only that it's coming back. Very excited. But no but date. Th- but there's no book to re- reference now. Because oh, we're, of course, we're that's the right. right. The, okay. the, the, they're up to date with the books, aren't they? Still writing, is it book? Because the last series incorporated, covered the material from two books, didn't it, or something? Right. Uh, and he's writing... He went, he, yeah, and uh, he gets a bit fed up people pestering me. It'll be ready when it's ready, I think he said. <laughs> okay, let me uh, use this natural break to play the next clip, and this is Mad Max Fury Road. In this wasteland, I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. the world. 
to us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy. Me. Or everyone else. Uh, and tr- a couple of things. I think I found, I think it was blind spot that uh, Rick Orr was telling us about, Ian. That Susie, you'd lost the name of. Does that sound right? Maybe he's had to step away. The other, uh, no, I'm the here. Thing... I, I was muted and forgot. <laughs> yeah, right. it's called Blind Spot. I put a link to it in the text chat for uh, right. The other uh, um, yeah, you, yeah, that was further back. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to mention is the uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I think is going to be the first, if not one of the first, of the films to be sh- to uh, go to 4K Blu-ray. Um, and it's going to be one of the first uh, discs that will feature a high dynamic range colour and for clever and uh, well well uh, uh, sorted people like Darth, I think it also will have uh, a Dolby Air, although I think Dolby Air, an object-related sound, is on a few others. I don't know that it's got... Um, because there's, there's a couple of completing systems with this. Luckily, they are all add-on codes. So in other words, uh, the basic uh, audio will play, and it's sort of um, add-on information that your TVR uh, receiver will ignore uh, unless it is uh, so aware of it. So it's it's an extra layer of data that, that plays into uh, relating the where the soundscape is. So... Lots of things happening with that. Okay. Um, I think we've probably covered the TV shows that we're, we're, we're thinking about. Uh, one of the other links that I mentioned, I'm just trying to clear, is some upcoming movies um, in 2016. Now, this link page that I put in before I've got now is from Movie Insider. Um, uh, and it starts... Uh, at February 16 releases. I don't know whether we can read all these, Ian. I'm trying to... You can't always tell from um, the titles whether they're, you know, cults are sci-fi related from right. from just the title. Um, but um, I don't know whether there's any there that spring to mind if uh, got them on. Very quickly scanning through, I'm up to March before. Oh, Batman, uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. That was mm-hmm. as coming out on March 25th. Um, we do cover horror a little bit for people like Rick Wall and that. On first of April is Amnitaville: The Awakening. Um, bit difficult going all the way through those in. Um, don't want to go too far forward. Yeah, and April fifteenth is the 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 Jungle Book. Um, I oh, I've seen action, the. Ch- I've seen. Yes, yeah, it's beautiful. It unbelievably looks good. Uh, I, I, I think they've. I, I think they would get a lot of uh, people say, "Don't do it, don't do it." But uh, yeah, I've seen the trailer of that. Uh, now I don't know what it went when it was that I saw it, but um, it looks spectacular. Yeah. They're, they're doing a Ratchet and Clank movie. Wow. Did not know they were doing a Ratchet and Clank movie. The Huntsman, Winter's War. Uh, oh, right. Uh, computer games. Right. The uh, Lomax, which is kind of like a cat-like creature, and his robot pal. Right. 
Captain America Civil War, uh, May 2006. I mean, we'll obviously be having other shows to try that, but we probably won't be talking about uh, this sort of thing. And let's do the last one at the end of May, uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. I don't know whether you want to go further into June than that. but um, Well, I'm thinking of doing is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Oh, uh, the, yes, we ought to mention... Yeah, isn't there going to be another Independence Day? So. Yep, uh, actually the end of the end of June, June 24th, Independence Day Resurgence. Right. Where basically they come back, and, and before that actually on the 17th is Finding Dory, the sequel to yeah. uh, Finding Nemo. Ah, uh, Finding Nemo was on our, our TVs this afternoon. Uh, ah, so. Um, don't think we need to look... Well, actually... Uh, August the 12th, Pete's Dragon. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll probably stop with those. So um, what I'm going to do, Ian, is uh, play the fifth of our movies. This is The Martian, and um, maybe you can get your head together and decide which aspect you want to talk about. We want to get through all eight before we go to the Oscars, I think. Right. So get your goodie bag out. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. Ready? And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Commander, Mark is dead. We have to go. Now, you can either accept that, or you can get to work. This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates. And to NASA. And to the entire world. But I'm still alive. Surprise. Here's the rub. It's going to be four years for another mission to reach me. And I'm in a hat designed to last 31 days. So I got to make water and grow food on a planet where nothing grows. But if I can't figure out a way to make contact with NASA, then none of this matters anyway. You've got an incoming message. Mind God. <laughs> Mark Watney's still alive. In your face, Neil Armstrong. Okay, so let's do the math. I have enough food to last for 50 days. He's going to starve to death long before we can help. So, I'm going to have to science the shit out of this. He's 50 million miles away from home. He's totally alone. What the hell is he thinking right now? I am the greatest botanist on this planet. I know how to save Mark Watney. But we need the Hermes crew. We either have a high chance of killing one or a low chance of killing six. I'm not risking their lives. It's bigger than one person. No. It's not. And I just had a thought while uh, that was uh, one of the things we're going to quickly cover here was the, the Razzie Awards that have just been announced. Traditionally, of course, they are announced the day before the Oscars. So um, I don't know if you've got that page up, Ian. He's muted. Well, I tell you what. While he's while he's looking for that, let me just slip in here with uh, yeah, uh, a, a movie that we've not talked about that's opening in the U.S. and I think the U.K. as well on March the fourth, so just around the corner. And that's Zootopia, and I think you should be looking at this movie in the first place because it has pretty much blown the doors off of uh, various 
foreign territories where it's been released. And it's had a very interesting limited release around the world so far where it's already picked up $81 million before doing anything in major markets. Um, it's it's done incredibly well. Um, and if you've seen the um, trailer, the trailer's been sort of a cult favorite almost um, on YouTube and stuff with getting you know massive hits just off the trailer because of how well it's made. Um, I think that this is you know you're talking about Finding Nemo too. I I don't know man. I think that Zootopia has a chance of being the number one animated film of the year, and I certainly think that going into next year's Oscars, that this will be something to look out for. And it's, again, it's going to be released wide on the 4th of March. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the page. I put the link in the room for people later. And it says here, yeah. um, 3D computer animated action. Now, uh, we've just had uh, a lot of the TV seasons with Las Vegas and CAS and so on. And basically, TV, 3D TVs are dead. Panasonic are not bringing out any 3D TVs. Um, it's dead in the water. They're all going 4K. So the the home of 3D now is firmly theatrical. I mean, does it surprise you that um, that 3D they, they've they've gone to the? I mean, I suppose with a digital production, it's easier to do 3D anyway, isn't it? Because it's it's just an extra Z dimension in the uh, the graphics. I don't know. Not like the Lion King where they had to sort of do it afterwards, or whichever one it was. So, um, mm-hmm. have you any thoughts on that? Um, I think that the the popular press in Britain is very different on right. 3D TV than it is in the U.S. Um, it still is. You know, you walk into any Best Buy today and pick up a TV, and it still is possible to get new. Oh, you can still buy them, yeah. But a lot yeah, of the 4K not... TVs have obviously got the inbuilt capability of doing right. 3D because they've got they've right. got four four core computers inside them. Sure. The I don't, th- so I don't think it's dead. Right. I mean, I think I think yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah d- uh, domestic. You're domestically. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. And uh, but no, I mean, almost every uh, DVD that or Blu-ray that I get is also 3D. So it certainly doesn't surprise me in an animated film that it would be offered. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Because why not? I mean, it's it's not that hard to do. Um, And the the good thing about Disney 3D on its animated stuff, I I guess I should say Disney Pixar, is um, that it's usually really good. I mean, I remember being comparatively, what is the one I saw? I can't remember. Anyway, I remember being blown away by a Disney Pixar thing not, well, even four years ago, you know, when I suppose the technology was a little more um, juvenile than it is today. And I remember thinking, this is better than any single, like, live action I've ever seen in 3D. And right. I, I have a feeling, you know, I'm telling you, I, I'm certainly going to pony up for the 3D, like, theatrical Zootopia just because it's I, it's just so fun. The the trailers are too good to to believe that um, the rest of it is going to be crap. I mean, I just I 
every single time I see the trailer, I just die laughing. And some of it is because it's, you know, Jason Bateman, who I love as an actor, you know. And right. it, it's a part it's a part you can tell. If you were to think of Jason Bateman um and say, Okay, what animal should he portray? It is of course a fox. I mean there's just nothing he is very and I forget what the adjective is, but he's very fox like. Um and um it, it's he's just he's just perfect. He's just vocally perfect, I think, for what this world is demanding of him. So I don't know. It, and, looks, you know, it looks hilarious. It really does, and and you know if you, if you need a little push there, it does have Idris Elba in it, um, <laughs> and J.K. Simmons, um, but I am I'm just and Alan Tudyk, you know, so you're getting some good culty kind of people in it. And um, I'm watching the trailer, and they get to the Godfather riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about that trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Big, and and. I call my brother up and tell him about this. This is like he loves Godfather, and we're just yeah. like hysterical with this, and it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, it's and and that's not even the one that I, I mean. The one that I think of as being like classically funny is the whole sloth thing. Oh, uh, the sloth running the DMV. I mean, <laughs> just the idea. Just the idea. Just saying that is funny enough. But then when you actually see it, it's ridiculous comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I think that, that the is the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, I just think that it's this is the film to watch for animation, both in terms of now that we're seeing some results back from. I mean, this is crazy for a comedy. It is notoriously difficult to do comedy in non-English speaking countries, and all of the, it's made eighty-one million in one hundred percent non-English speaking territories. That's crazy. I've never seen a film, a comedy film, do that ever. So I, I can't even imagine what it's going to do um, when it's going to open up. I mean, it's not going to be Star Wars big, I don't think, because it's just the wrong time of year, maybe. Um, but those are very, very impressive numbers for non-English look look minions for comedy. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. But... This is, I think this is going to be a big, big thing. And I hope, I really hope it does better than Finding Nemo, because I can't stand Finding Nemo. Um, and and hate how Finding Nemo has taken over Disney Parks. It just, I cannot stand what it's done to the submarine ride. Drives me crazy. Um, no, I, I anyway, have a question whatever. on Jungle Book. Um, oh, yeah. Is it, is it a musical? Are they doing all the songs? No. No, no, Well, no. Jungle... No, Jungle Book wasn't itself that much of a musical. Let's not forget. It, there is one song was, in it. They show one trailer. They better pick a paw paw or something. There's one. They have the bear singing one, but it's because they reference bear necessity. Bear necessity. In, yeah, a, in a whistle, it, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't know the extent. I no, think it's just a nod on. to it. Just a nod yeah. to it. I, think. I mean, they're doing Beauty and the Beast musical live action. They're going to be taking Frozen to Broadway. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is an aspect of Disney that um, makes my heart cry. But, you know, whatever. Um, I, I I don't mind the reinvention. I am I am kind of excited about Jungle Book just because the trailer looks good. John Favreau, 
you would think would be a good pair of hands to reinvent things. But I, the, the constant reinvention of stuff, you know, let's take it to this form, let's take it to that form. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but they've got a good track record on theater. And if it gets kids into theater, then I guess whatever. That's a good thing so that they'll learn. Oh, Frozen you know, will. The difference is well. Frozen will do that, you know. And for that reason, I suppose, you know, I can. And, Mary, that, Poppins, I, I, and Mary Poppins sequel. Yeah, they've been talking about that forever. We'll see what that. No, is. no, this is but, this is. You're talking definite casting on this now. Uh, and 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 script. And that's going to be a mixture of uh, live action and animation again, yeah. is it like the original? Right. Will it really? The star creator of of Hamilton is going to be the gentleman character. He's a lamp lighter, and oh god, I'm forgetting her name all of a sudden. Um, was going to be um she's in into the woods playing the baker's wife. Yeah, that would be a whole lot I'm not a big musical guy. You no, know, she was in the Wolfman, um Anthony Hopkins one. She was in um, like the face I know the name is Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, thank you. Emily Blunt is going to be Mary Poppins. And and it's going to and it's going to take it's going to have the son of Banks grown up uh, in the depression in England, and it, they need help with their children, and that's the story. And it's going to be a musical directed by Rob Marshall. Great. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's right that they should just going back to the three D animation animation because it. It does interest me this sort of thing. Um, I think probably the di- the different costs here in the UK. I mean, you know, the the markup is a little bit more for that. But um, there's a lot of things that, that 4K is is doing. Um, one of the uh, shows I watch AV AV forums podcast, uh, and they're mm-hmm. talking about they were talking about Star Wars and that coming on 4K uh, Blu-ray. And they're saying the yeah. trouble is the trouble is they reckon that the actual um, uh, visual effects were only done in 2K. They, they haven't got the they haven't got the abilities to do the, um, the actual things really? in 4K. Yeah, so the, the actual, I mean, some of them as very well known. Of course, it, they they went back to the old way of doing the effects, didn't they? They actually had models and blew things up. Uh, and one of the things about the Star Wars was the fact that it wasn't all CGI stuff. Uh, well, I don't. That whole, you know what, th- that whole thing is a red herring. It's always been a red herring. There were models in the prequels. There was real stuff in the prequels, and the, you know, the, that is a marketing thing now. Like well, Kathleen Kennedy figured out that the fans believe, whether it's true or not, the fans yeah. believe that the, the prequels were basically all delivered by CGI. And that was never really the case. And nevertheless, she seized on it, and so did J.J. Abrams. And they went on this marketing campaign to say, oh, we're doing it all real. You know. <laughs> no, they, no, they didn't. I mean, it's not it's, – it's, the whole thing is a red herring. But whatever. I know what you're saying. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I am surprised about this. Are you talking about 
Episode 7 being only 2K? The, the, the facts, that, that was what they said on the AV, it's called AV Forum huh. podcast. And uh, they, would no, talk, yeah. they, they, they do about TVs and then they always have a section where they're talking about Blu-ray releases. And they mm. were talking about that. Uh, their their favourite um, uh, 3D Blu-ray for test purposes is, of course, um, uh, oh the one in oh uh, the one in space with the space station. Why did it go out me? Why did the name go out my head? Cerebral, cerebral and gravity. Gravity. Yeah, gravity. That, that was the one yeah. that they they recommend. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, from yeah. one relevant fact to a relevant fact. Let me play the clip. <laughs> that was really play. good. Oh, very good, yeah. Wow. Here we go. And the safe thing to do is track a new course back up online. Then what we're going to do is sit out there like a bunch of goddamn ducks. You and your half-free son get to walk on out. I'm talking to you. Finish him off quick. He should be cared for as long as necessary. I understand. What happened? We did what we had to do. He was buried right. Recording sound okay because it sounded really cool. I'm listening to them, but uh, obviously it depends on the internet connection. But uh, yeah, and Tom Hardy again in another of his films. Why is that guy in a role? James, you you don't realize how brilliant you just were. What? You you went from a movie about a bear, Jungle Book, to another movie featuring a bear, Revenant. Oh you yeah. So you're on a roll today. <laughs> Well, the next question then is, was that a CGI bear or was it a man in a suit? <laughs> oh, CGI. <laughs> Unbelievably well done, mm. yeah. Okay, Ian, you've had time yes. to think. Think? <laughs> That's what you expect me to do? Yeah. Here, uh-huh. Well, Boop, actually, uh, I've, got, uh, I've had time to pull up the Razzies. Woohoo! Uh, the Razzie Awards. Uh, for the 36th Thirty-sixth year in a row, the Golden Raspberry Award Foundation has announced the winners for the Razzie Awards uh, 2016, the night before the Oscars. Um, and let's see who the winners were. Do you want to say the nominees as well? I will. Okay, well, nominees for Worst Picture were Fantastic Four, Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> Jupiter Ascending, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and Pixels. I've seen Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 and Pixels. I thought they were actually pretty funny. They weren't necessarily good, but they were pretty funny. And but anyway, you like Razzies as well. <laughs> <laughs> the winners for Worst Picture 
two films actually got uh, Worst Picture Awards were Fantastic Four and Fifty Shades of Grey. All right, Worst Actor, uh, Johnny Depp from Mordecai, uh, James Dornan for Fifty Shades of Grey, Kevin James for Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, that's a muscle, Adam Sandler uh, for The Cobbler and Pixels, and Channing Tatum for Jupiter Ascending. And the winner was James Dornan for Fifty Shades of Grey. Worst Actress. Catherine Heigl for Home Sweet Hell. Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey. Mila Kunis for Jupiter Ascending. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, The Boy Next Door. And Gwyneth Paltrow for Mordecai. And the winner was Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey. I see something. Uh, <laughs> see a, a trend here. <laughs> All right. Worst Supporting Actor, Chevy Chase in Hot Tub Time Machine 2 Ends Vacation, uh, Josh Gad for Pits, Pixels and The Wedding Ringer, Kevin James for Pixels, uh, Jason Lee for Elvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, and the winner was Eddie Redmayne for Jupiter Ascending. All right, Worst Supporting Actress, uh, Kaylee Coco, uh, Coco Sweeting for Elvin and the Chipmunks, the Road Chip and The Wedding Ringer. Is that the girl out of Big Bang Theory? It is indeed. Oh, okay. Rooney Mara for Pan. Uh, Michelle Monaghan for Pixels. Julianne Moore for Seventh Son. And Amanda Seyfried uh, for uh, Love, The Coopers, and Pan. And the winner was Katie Cuoco Sweeting for Elvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, and The Wedding Ringer. Worst remake slash ripoff slash sequel. <laughs> <laughs> like and the nominees were Elvin and the Chipmunks, Road Chip, Fantastic Four, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, uh, Human Centipede 3, the final sequence, and Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. And the winner was the Fantastic Four. Worst screen cameo. <laughs> All four fantastic in the Fantastic Four. Johnny Depp and his glued-on mustache in Mordecai. James Dornan and Dakota Johnson in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Given James in either his Segway or his glued-on mustache in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Adam Sandler and any pair of shoes in The Cobbler. And the winner winners were uh, Jamie Dornan and Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey. They really hate that movie. All right, worst director. The nominees are Andy Frickman for uh, Paul Blart Moral Cop 2, Tom Six for Human Centipede 3, the final sequence, Sam Taylor Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey, Josh Trank for Fantastic Four, Andy and Lana Wachowski for Jupiter Ascending. And the winner was Josh Trank for Fantastic Four. Worst screenplay Fantastic Four, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Jupiter Ascending, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, Pixels, and the winner was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and last but not least, the Razzie Redeemer Award. And the nominees for the Redeemer Award were Elizabeth Banks, M. Night Shyamalan, Will Smith, and Sylvester Stallone. And the winner was Sylvester Stallone, all-time Razzie champ, award contender for Creed. I basically, uh, um, I'm assuming, even though they don't put an explanation, is that uh, they've redeemed themselves in a 
in a, in a movie. In, in the following year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the following year. So, yeah, Sylvester Stallone picked that up for um, for Creed. Doesn't say if any of them went to go and collect their awards, because famously, of course, the Catwoman uh, actress did, didn't she? Hmm. Well, yeah, there you go. There you have it. There's the Razzies. Okay. Time for well, another clip. It is indeed. Uh, the seventh, next to the last one, is Room. Truck. Wiggle out. Jump. Run. Somebody. I'm scared. I know. I'm going to be there in your head talking to you the whole time. Truck. Wiggle out. Jump when the truck slows down. Run. Somebody. You alright? Jack, listen to me. This is our chance. Thank you for letting us do this interview. We're grateful to hear your story. Thank you to everyone who sent their good thoughts and their prayers. For five years, you made life in that small room, that prison, as nurturing and normal as you could. Hey, do you know what we're going to do today? What? We are going to bake a birthday cake. You chose to tell Jack that room was the whole world, that there was nothing else. Good morning, plant. Good morning, plant. Good morning, sink. I wanted him to feel safe and that it was a great place for him to live. Did you ever think you would be free? I hoped. Hello, Jack. Thanks for saving our little girl. Are we in another planet? Mm-mm. Same one, just a different spot. And before we play the last one, one little thing we can do uh, prior to going to talk about uh, what we think about these uh, Oscar-nominated films. Uh, very quickly, since Ian's done that little marathon, I'll do one here. It's the hollywoodreporter.com and they've got a list of the guide to all the Best Picture winners, because all the aficionados here will know that it's the 88th Oscars uh, that we're having today. So uh, if you can bear with me, I'll go very quickly. And uh, don't stop me and buy one while I'm reading them out. But if there's anybody, anybody wants to say, that film, fabulous, even though it's 20 years old, try and get it on DVD and watch it. So I'm expecting at least Ken and to come up with one of these to say it's still a relevant film to watch. Here we go. Good, good, good. From 1929, I won't say the year, but the first one's 1920 year, and I'm moving forward a year, everyone I read out. So uh, number one was Wings, then Broadway Melody, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes. Cimarron, Grand Hotel, yes. Cavalcade, It Happened One Night. Mutiny on the Bounty. Marvelous. Right? Ziegfeld. Uh, the Life of Emile Zola. You Can't Take It With You. 1940, Gone With the Wind. Rebecca, 41. How Green Was My Valley. Brilliant. Mrs. M- Mrs. Miniver. Casablanca. Best, almost going, best film ever. Going My Way. This one you'll like. Number 46, The Lost Weekend. Yes. Well, that, uh, that, that's one of your particular favorites. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, Best Years of Our Lives, 1947. Uh, Gentleman's Agreement, Hamlet, All the King's Men, that's 1950. 
All About Eve, An American in Paris, 52, Greatest Show on Earth, From Here to Eternity, I remember seeing Greatest Show on Earth in the cinema, 53, uh, From Here to Eternity, On the Waterfront, Marty, uh, from 56, uh, Around the World in 80 Days, Bridge on the River Kwai, that must be a good one, 58, uh, Gigi, 59, Ben-Hur, 60, The Apartment, 61, Jack Lemon, West Side Story, 62, I danced out of the theatre when I saw that, uh, Lots <laughs> of Arabia, 63, Tom Got real thirsty when I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> My Fair Lady, in fact, um, by, um, Lots of Arabia, that's going to be one of the first films out on 4K as well. Oh, I, think it was fi- I think it was filmed in, um, not 35mm, the, the higher one. You know, the... the oh, yeah, it's 70mm. 70mm. So, of course, it yeah. can be scanned at that. My Fair Lady, Sound of Music, 66, Man for All Seasons, In the Heat of the Night. That was brilliant. Uh, Oliver, Midnight Cowboy, Cowboy 1970. Patton, The French Connection, 72, that was a great film. The Godfather, 73, The Sting, 74, they're all, they all deserve the winners. I'm sure Darthwell might be able to say, well, there was a better film that year that should have won, but here we go. Godfather Part 2, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, 77, Annie Hall, The Deer Hunter, 79, Kramer versus Kramer, Ordinary People, Chariots of Fire, 82. Gandhi, Terms yeah, okay. of Endearment. Go on. Not Gandhi. 83 is the year. It should have been Tootsie for 83, but whatever. I'm still right. mad about that one. Okay, right. Uh, Terms of Endearment. Um, Amadeus, Out of Africa. Platoon. You know what's Alaska. interesting? Uh, I'll stop there. About yeah, out of Africa. What's yeah. interesting? What's interesting about Out of Africa is that it's best picture, right? But if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, it's not even fresh. It's so weird how how when you look back in time on that, uh, you it's a little bit more cringeworthy, you know, because it's it's really all about colonialism in Africa, and we just don't look at it the same way as we might have in the eighties. It's kind of interesting. Okay, well, I'll continue on from there. Then I'll go back. Platoon, Last Emperor, Rain Man, Driving Miss Daisy, 1990, Dances with Wolves, my brother-in-law's favourite film, that, Dances with Wolves, Mm. Silence of the Lambs, The Unforgiven, Schindler's List, Schindler's List, Forrest Gump, 95, Braveheart, The English Patient, Titanic, uh, Shakespeare in Love, American Beauty, the year 2000. That was the one with all the petals in. Gladiator, (laughs) A Beautiful Mind, Chicago, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Million Dollar Baby. I enjoyed that. That was a great film. Um, Mm. Crash, The Departed, No Country for Old Men, Slumdog Mm. Millionaire, The Hurt Locker, where she beat a husband who had Avatar that year, I think. Uh, the King's Speech, <laughs> The Artist, 2012, Argo, 2013, 12 Years a Slave. Back to, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, 
sure tells you for. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, Birdman and whatever wins today. So, um, anybody want to make any comments on that before I play the final clip, which is Spotlight? Unfortunately, on that list, it doesn't list the ones that didn't win for that year, so you'd have to go and reference the second page. And and sometimes ones that weren't nominated that really deserve to win. But, uh, yeah. Right. And I, I think one relevant piece of information is that uh, I think the relevant has been up for it's up for twelve awards, which is about the maximum number that any has ever had. Uh, it's quite a few films had 11, 10, 11. Not too many sure any have had twelve. But here's Spotlight. I know there's things you cannot tell me. But also know there's a story here, and I think everybody will hear about it. Do you think your paper has the resources to take that on? I do. Do you? The Boston priest molested kids in six different parishes over the last 30 years. The church found out about it and did nothing. We haven't committed any long-term investigative resources to the case. No, we haven't. And that's the kind of thing your team would do. Spotlight. Guys, listen. Everybody's going to be interested in this. Obviously, the church will fight us very hard. Trying to get some background information. I don't want you recording this in any way, shape, or form. Nothing. We understand you've settled several cases against the church. I can't discuss that. There aren't any records of any of these settlements. Nope. When you're a poor kid from a poor family, and when a priest pays attention to you, it's a big deal. How do you say no to God? Spotlight. This is the tip line. You think you've got something? I want to keep digging. We need to focus on the institution. Show me that it came from the top down. Don't try to silence anyone who speaks out. You leave me alone, you hear me, goddammit? 6% act out sexually. 6% is 90. 90 priests. If there were 90 of these bastards, people would know. Maybe they do. You're going to give me the names and the names of their victims. Are you threatening me? I was doing my job. Yeah, you and everyone else. I am here because I care. We're going to tell this story. We're going to tell it right. And, uh, yeah, I hate it when I I put a copy and paste in it. It does the old one. Anyway, there's the thing. Yes, Relevant received 12 nominations. Mad Max Fury Road has 10. Um, Now, I put the link into this page, which was went up on the 22nd of January. This is the one with the nominees in. Um, Before anybody wants to... To, does anybody want to make any predictions in any of the categories before we talk about the best picture? I can read the nominees if you want. Ian, how are you for time? Can we go to the two-hour mark? Yeah, we can go to the two-hour mark. Okay. Uh, so uh, I've t- we've played all the clips. Um, let's just go around the room then. Actor in the leading road, if anybody wants to pick one. We've got uh, Brian Cranston for Trumbo, Matt Damon for The Martian, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revelant, uh, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Have you got a favourite in that, Ken? Uh, uh, yes, um, Trumbo. He, okay. he, he's amazing, isn't it? Okay. Darth? Or, or somebody who should have been in the list that didn't get a nod, maybe. Uh, I mean, I think that Leonardo DiCaprio is going to win it. Uh, right. It's just, you know, 
there's talk of the inevitability of the nomination. Whether he actually deserves it for the Revenant, I mean, it's kind of like Newman winning for Color Money. Is that really the best role he ever played? No. But do you need to at some point give the guy an Oscar? Yes. That's exactly so, what uh, they said on film night. They said he should have got it for Wolf of Wall Street last, last time. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, I actually think that... Uh, uh, it's, it's, I, it's tough. I, I I kind of am split between Matt Damon and, and Fassbender, really. Um, in term, maybe even Fassbender as creating a role. Um, right. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I think that DiCaprio is going to get it. Right. Well, the only one actually film I've seen is The Martian. I've seen clips of all the others, but uh, I mean, he was good in The Martian. Ian, do you want to make comment comment on this? Group? Not really, because I've only seen one movie in the whole list. Uh, no, I, I realise that. You tend to watch them on DVD. Okay, actress in a leading role. Kate Blanchett, Carol, uh, Brie Larson, Room, Jennifer Lawrence, Joy, Charlotte Rampling, 45 years, uh, Ceres, is it? Ronan, Brooklyn. By the way, is that child in Room, is it a boy or a girl? Because they call the child Jack, but I thought it was a girl, unless it's just because haven't had the child's hair cut because it's been in the room. It's a little boy. It is a little boy, is it? All right. Okay. Um, any thoughts there, Ken? Go in the same order. Um, I don't have a favorite, um, but I think Sherry's Ronan is probably going to get it because Brooklyn's really been PR'd very well. Harvey Weinstein will either pick... He's, either terrible or, or beneficent to films that he produces. And he's rather magical, and he'll probably... He's um, done great publicity on this. There was a, a film I think should have been up last year called The Immigrant, which was which was a um, brilliant film. No uh, one even... Just, what? Uh, sorry, I was just going to say to Cybob, if Cybob wants to put any names in the room, we will read them out. Come um, yeah, um, no one even saw the film. Um, right. Only way I was able to see it, Netflix was like a co-producer, and, and they put it on that. I mean, that, that's what happened, I think, a lot with Idris Elba right. not getting his nomination for Oscars, but winning um, all those other awards because I know a lot of people in the, in the Oscar, uh, in the Academy didn't see uh, his, his work in that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Darth? I think it's a really underwhelming list, to be honest with you. Um, I don't I don't know if I agree about the Ronan thing. I think there might be a lot of backlash against Brooklyn because it's the whitest film on the lot. Uh, and I just, you know, it might have gotten the nomination. Be, be, yeah. But I think that there might be some <laughs> reaction against the, in, in voting because of all the, you know, the stuff that's going around this particular Oscars. Um, You know, it's so underwhelming. I don't really care who wins, to be honest. But I I would tend to go with Charlotte Rampling. Um, Just, I don't know. It, it, It strikes me that in years when the list is pretty... Um, you know, 
even. Like when you've got people like Kate Blanchett and Jennifer Lawrence, who I don't think would win because they've already won, um, and and won relatively recently, it it would be. I just think they tend to cancel out each other. So, I mean, I think it really is probably a contest between Brie Larson and Charlotte Rampling. But that's just uh, totally yes. Again, but it's so disappointing, though, this list of, of women. So. Right. Uh, the film that, again, Ian, I'll, I'll not mention you unless you, you just jump in if you want to join in on any of these. Uh, the, the girl out that sure is, is it Ronan from Brooklyn? Got their no, their nomination for her for her part. Okay, let's go in. Actor in a supporting role: Christian Bale, The Big Short; Tom Hardy, The Relevant; Mark Ruffalo. He's been doing pretty well, Mark Ruffalo, recently. Spotlight: mm. uh, Mark Rylance, Bridge of Spies; uh, Sylvester Stallone for Creed. I think there's a bit of a a thing about the Sylvester Stallone one, unfortunately, winning a, a film with majority of black actors. Maybe why you know some does he you know what I mean? Um, I don't know that that will go against his nomination. Ben, it might. It'd be a pity because he's really good in the movie, right? And um, you know, I, I I really could I really couldn't pick. You know, Rylance uh, is getting a lot of great reviews for his work. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure on that. Again, okay. again, it might be Tom Hardy because yeah, he's, he's well, everywhere and he does brilliant work. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, 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 Alicia Vitlander. I was watching the all the trailers, and if she wasn't in the nominate the nominated person, the clip they showed, she was always the other person in the scene uh, in some mm. of the films they did. She's, I think. I'd like Tom Hardy to win, but again, I haven't seen the films. Yeah. Right. I, I I haven't seen oh. him doing the craze, where he plays right. both Cray brothers. That looks right. amazing. That looks great. He did both roles for the yeah. Of one. Uh, yeah. Ralph. I mean, for me, it's very clearly Mark Rylance. Right. I just you know, would having said that. Would I like to see Sylvester Stallone win <laughs> in a crazy way? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it would be kind of fun to think that somehow Sylvester Stallone got an Oscar for acting. Uh, you know, whatever. But I, Mark Rylance's performance is, is breathtaking. It's, right. it's, it is magical on the level of, like, you know, Liam Neeson or, or, or Ben Kingsley in, in uh, Schindler's List. Just right. it's, it's much more like Ben Kingsley and Cinderella, so transformative. You, you your eyes cannot leave the screen when he's up there, and that's quite something when you got Tom Hanks in a film, you know. But some of the most magical scenes that I have witnessed in film. Brilliant. That's mm-hmm. great accent. Okay. Let's move on because mm-hmm. I think Amy wants us to stop about the trauma. Um, Actress in the Sporting Road. Jennifer Jason Lee, The Hateful Eight, uh, Rooney Mara, Carol, uh, Rachel McAdam, McAdams, is it? Spotlight, Alicia Vitlander. I've got um, I've got the Ex Machina uh, DVD, Blu-ray to watch soon. The, uh, but mm-hmm. this was for the Danish girl, Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs. 
I think Kate Winslet might win it on the buzz round here in the UK, but again, she is the British actress there, isn't she? I suppose. Um, but the the Alicia Vikander again, um, terms of endearment. I watched her in recently. That she's fantastic in that, absolutely fantastic. Uh, but the, but the, of course, they're voting for their role in this. So, uh, Ken, sorry. I have not seen any of those films. I, I couldn't oh, pick okay. it. Okay. I mean, my heart would say Alicia Vikander because I think that that's the Academy in some way wants to award the Danish girl, and I mm. think that that's the safest choice for them. Uh, you know, or, or the most likely safe may be the wrong word, but that's the most likely thing because then you're really sort of, uh, you know, o- awarding the uh, yeah the high the award, problem. but not the highest. Or you know, I just my feeling is good on that. I, I, the Kate Winslet thing, I think, might be Britishism on your part. Right. It but, might no, be it's on me. It's what I've read, what I've seen. Press. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, that's what I mean. It's, you might be a victim, let's put it that way, of British press on that. But I don't know. Again, I think that these are fairly unimpressive. It's, it's just, I'm so bored by this list. I really am by most of these people <laughs> okay. in it. You know, but what do you got well, now? let's move on then because we have a bit of time constraint. Animated mm-hmm. feature mm-hmm. film. Uh, mm-hmm. Amelisa, is that? Uh, the Boy in the mm-hmm. World, Inside Out. Sean the Sheep movie, uh, when Marnie was there. Ken? Inside Out. Quick. Right. Inside Start. Out. I, I am really strongly hoping that this is not a Disney year, or at least not a direct Disney year, and just go for the Disney distributed film. I would love when Marnie was there to win. But I can see the justification for Inside Out. It's It's an amazing film, but I just would... Really like when Marnie was for pure animation. I would like to see a 2D thing win. Okay, cinematography: Carol, The Hateful Eight, Mad Max Fury Road, The Relevant, Sicario. Uh, is that Sicario? Uh, Sicario. Thank you, Ken. I'm sorry to keep us brief on these, but um, Mad Max. Well, the trailer looks impressive, so I would I could see it winning. But on the other hand, the relevance is as well. So. I kind of am going to agree there uh, and say Mad Max. For a lot of that is outdoor. Ama- really it's American. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 he's, he's, he's done something like, I, I don't, it's rare in the history of film what he's done. Uh, he, he's springboarding his other films and it's this, it's, it's this visual tone poem. You can watch it as a silent film. Yeah, kind of. Right. But I, I would also say what's interesting about this category is that The Revenant and Mad Max are kind of two sides of a similar coin in that they're both heavily dominated by exterior filming and how to light exterior, and they've done totally different things. Hmm. So that's a really tough choice to me, to my mind, but I kind of think Mad Max might win there. Right. Well, well again, what we said on the film night was um, because they don't they don't like Bloss blockbusters, and that's why the Star Wars didn't get in, uh, they said mm. that um, the relevant would probably win in terms of the fact that um, it's it's a blockbuster but with a message, so the, they said that the Oscar people would like that more rather than Mad Max, mm. which is out and out. Blowing it. But to, again, ah, but there is, so, there is so much message in Mad Max, and you'll find so many yeah. reviewers 
saying yeah, yeah. if you're missing it, you're really missing the joy of this film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. If, let me skip a couple here and tell me if you want to go back to them. Let's go to directing. The Big Short, um, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, The Relevant Room Spotlight. Ben? I'm going to go with Mad Max I'm on this. I actually think it's the big short. I think it's an evolution of Adam McKay as a director into something different than he's been in his career before, and it's extraordinary to see the transformation. Okay, let's go skip to film editing, the big short, Mad Max, Fury Road, the relevant, Spotlight, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Ken? Mad Max. Star? Uh, I'm actually going to choose Star Wars. I think um, it will win for that. that. Now, you, you usually have an opinion on the forest, foreign language film, so let's not skip that one. Uh, embrace the... Of Mustang. The Mustang. Mustang. A thousand times... If it's not Mustang, something's wrong with the damn world. That is a fabulous film. Do we know which country that's come from? Turkey. Turkey. It's rural Turkey. It is extraordinary. Okay, I'll just name the others. Son of Saul, Thief, and a War. Ken, have you got something to say on that or not? No, no. no. All right, move to... I, I will say, I will say yeah. you should see Thieve. Thieve is like one of the coolest things in, in that it's kind of like Indiana Jones, sort of, uh, but you got to read the subtitles. It is an action-adventure movie, which you don't get to see a lot of. Usually foreign language films are ponderous or, or whatever, but Thieve is like adrenaline, and it's kind of fun, so... Right. Both, all these, by the way, available on iTunes for relatively cheap prices. So. Okay, I'm just going to do three more: uh, music original mm-hmm. score, musical original song, and sound editing. I think those probably are the three big ones there. So, mm-hmm. um, music original score: Bridge of Spies, Carol, The Hateful Eight, Sirico again. I've got it wrong. Uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Ken. Star Wars. I wanted to. Obviously, <laughs> Yeah, I want it to, obviously. I don't actually think it's the best one he's ever done, but up against those, I think it's better than those. And, I, and I'll back up just a minute. I know you went over makeup and hairstyling, but, I mean, come on, it's Mad Max. If it's not Mad if it's, the choice there, Mad Max, 100-year-old man who climbed out, and Riven, and The Revenant, it's oh, Mad yeah, Max. Not, for for makeup and hairstyling, if it's not, come on. Yeah, world's not yeah. right. Right, right. Um, we've got um, original song music, Earned It, Fifty Shades of Grey, Mantra Ray, Racing, Extinction, Simple Song 3, Youth, Till It Happens to You, The Hunting Ground, uh, Writings on the Wall, Spectre. Ben? Writings on the Wall. Charles? Writings on the Wall got a lot of bad press, um, but I guess the ones that are there. The simple song number three, mm, that's where I'd go second. Right. Uh, in the film, I think Writing on the Wall works, but when I heard him sing it live, I wasn't that impressed. Um, sound editing. Oh, we'll have, probably have visual effects as well, won't we? Sound editing, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revelant, The Circo again, Star Wars. They're, they're quite tightly clustered on the, you know, it's not an open field like we've had before. Ken? Mm. A, a point? 
on any of those? No, no. no. Darth? Mm, oh, Star Wars. Okay. Sound, sound editing? Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be uh, Mad Max. Oh, sound editing. I think, I, I think, I think yeah. the choice is between Mad Max and Star Wars, but I... I yeah. I would, Star Wars I would say a toss-up toss yeah. between those two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sound mixing, Bridge of Spies, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Martian, Irrelevant, Revelant, uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. I think it's the same thing, man. Again, again you know Star what, Wars, it, Mad Max. Right. I mean, I think... I, I think what you could have happen here is that the uh, Star Wars wins for sound editing and Mad Max wins for sound mixing. Could go uh, that way. They'll split the two. Right. Uh, visual effects, I suppose. Um, I suppose we ought to do the writing ones. Perhaps we'll keep, yeah. Uh, visual effects, Ex Machina, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revelant, Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens. Okay. Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, writing. Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say Star Wars, but your runner-up there is Ex Machina, I think. Right. Writing adapted screenplay: The Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, Room. I bet that will probably be Room, won't it? Because of the way it's dealt with it. Although the, I don't know. Any thoughts, Ken? Oh, Martian is so exceptional. Right. I'm going to split off and say Big Short, man. Right, I, I'm much more naturalistic writing there. And writing original screenplay, Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, Straight Out of Compton. Oh my God! Like Spotlight. <sighs> to me, this is the hardest category of the whole thing. Um, every one of those deserves an Oscar. Okay. I'm. I'm I'm hoping that'll be straight out of Compton, but you know. See, in the UK again, Spotlight was going to be one of the hot favourites for a lot of awards, but it seems to have been mm-hmm. fading a little bit uh, recently. Okay, Ian, uh, how are you there? We've got. Um, I played the eight clips. We can just, if you need to finish, are you muted? We're not doing there? best film. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, I want to know oh. how long we can spend on it. I'll just go and see what happens. Okay. Right. Can you, uh, and for the people reference, and please, Cyborg, put something in for this category. Best picture is The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revelant, Room, Spotlight. Do you want to pick a couple out there, Ken? And Yeah. Um, personal, again, I, 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 I love that it's a genre-based film and way that Mad Max is just, I'm so special. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be relevant. Right. Revenant, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have uh, a feeling it's going to be revenant. I have, I have a feeling it's going to be revenant in a bunch of categories. I think just the back talk of the film, how tough it was, but also it's, a very, it's an exceptional film based on a movie that's already been made before with Richard Harris. Man in the Wilderness. You know, so it's not totally original there, but but exceptional. But I'm gonna, I'm going to be rooting for Mad Max and and Star Wars and, and Brian Cranston and those people. Yeah, uh, okay. Who who I I, I got to say Brian Cranston, he didn't he was Dalton Trumbo, 
in this. I mean, he's just unbelievably good. And I think it was really a well-done film. Okay, Darth, do you, do you want to mention more than one? Pick a favourite. Um, what you want and hmm. what will win. Yeah, I don't know. I I think this is a very tough uh, thing. Uh, I don't think Brooklyn has a chance. I don't think Spotlight has a chance. I don't think Room has a chance. Um, I would like it to be Bridge of Spies, but I don't think that it will. Um, I it probably is the Revenant, I guess, but it. I I think that the I think. I like The Martian or The Big Short better. And Mad Max, I got to tell you, I just don't get it as a film. I, I've tried. I mean, I understand the themes that are going on. I don't understand why people are so crazy about it. Um, I I don't think that it is likely because it's a genre film, and genre films almost never get anywhere in best film. So I think it's it's between the real it's, – it's about the real stories, Right. Um, so I mm, put a gun in my head, I'd say Martian, but I think it could be anything, to be honest with you. Um, it's a really, really tough role. Now, I will say, I do not understand why Star Wars is not here. Yeah. I mean, I really don't. I, what harm does it do? If you're, if you've expanded out to 10, and you have decided this. They're allowed ten, aren't they? They're allowed ten, and they only went eight. And it's like it's it's a deliberate snub to Star Wars. And it's like you know, you've got to admit that a film that does as well as Star Wars did reached a lot of people, touched a lot of people. It is not just about hype, because hype doesn't allow you to get to that point. You know, hype hype does not make Sound of Music be one of the most popular yeah. of all time or, or, or Wizard of Oz or the original Star Wars or whatever. You know, this is extraordinary what it did in this economy, especially. Um, I, it means something that it made that mo- amount of money. It means that people really loved it. Um, so I think it's dumb not to have it there. I don't think it would have won. I have no illusions right. about that, but it should have got a nomination. Um, so I don't know, but um, the be- the best story is probably the big short. This it it also pisses me off, by the way, that Straight Outta Compton is not there. Like I would have had Star Wars and Straight Outta Compton to fill out your ten, but whatever. Um, I don't know, Martian, I guess. If I yeah, right. Uh, I'm wondering whether the fact that Martian won that comedy best comedy award uh, in the uh, was it in the BAFTAs or whatever, it might have harmed it somewhat, might have sort of distracted from it rather than enhanced it. But yeah, I haven't seen them all, So, but The Martian uh, was really a good film. But having said that, um, uh, I liked uh, Interstellar better when I watched that uh, a couple of years back, so there you go. Um, Ian, do you want to make a comment on this last one and then wrap us up and out and in and over? Well, the only one I've seen is The Martian, and I wouldn't give it to it. Right. Oh. <laughs> just because I, there's going to be – I mean, not that it's a bad film, but I just don't think of it as being I can't imagine an award-winning it. film. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, There's going to be something better on this list than that. Not that I thought it was bad. It's just there's mm-hmm. going to be 
there's got to be more. You know, I thought of it as as uh, you know, we've done this with Tom Hanks on an island. You know, and I think Tom Hanks did it better on an island. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still a cool movie because it was on Mars. And I guess the cool thing about The Martian is the fact that it's getting so close to reality now that it was a fascinating thing to watch. You know, it's it's something that's so within our grasp now that it's actually you can you could almost watch it like a Tom Hanks like Tom Hanks being standing on the desert island and and associate with it. You know, you know this could happen. You know. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin, funnily enough, funnily enough on Twitter, Buzz Aldrin today is quoted as saying, uh, the last five presidents, their long-term aim has been to get to Mars. Mm. And that was just quoted in an interview, I think only to, yesterday or today. Yep. Yeah, so that's my view, but as 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 I've said, it's a very narrow view because right. I haven't seen anybody else, anything else on the list, so... That's my very, 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 very narrow view. Okay, can you take us out? Oh, yes, I can do that. Um, Join us, of course, next month when we'll be doing more of the same uh, with less awards. Or are there more awards? I I never know when the awards are. (laughs) We'll We'll be doing the acceptance speech for our awarding. Yes, there we go. We'll be doing our acceptance speech. There you have it. While I search diligently through my sound clips for uh, for the yeah, and that's the final the final Sunday in March. That is March the twenty seventh. Yep, March twenty seventh, and we hope to see you all there. Uh, We'll be doing more recaps of of the things that have gone on during the month, and uh, yeah, we we hope to see you there. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Darth and Ken and. very Rick. very briefly, we had Rick and uh, Mike Randolph Thor with us, and of course Cybob for hanging out in the text chat this whole time, listening to us blither on. So uh, yeah, as I said before, more of the same next month. <laughs> 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 All right, until then, it's goodbye from Mister Dave AC. It's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.